Hey, everybody. Thanks for subscribing to the Front Row Knowles podcast. Hope you're tuning in to listen on Real Talk Tallahassee 93.3 if you're in Tallahassee on a weekly basis, Wednesdays at noon. Also want to thank Seminole Boosters. Reminder, uh, if you're not already a member, jump on board to help make a great brand even greater. And don't forget, there are tickets available for Florida State's games this season. Just go to Seminoles.com backslash tickets to grab yours. That said, enjoy this week's Front Row Knowles. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Good day, everybody. We welcome you to Front Row Knowles. Tom and Keith with you. KJ, are you rested and refreshed after the big open week? Uh, you know, I, I needed the bye week. It was six torturous, torturous weeks of uh, absolute exhaustion on my part. So the uh, bye week came at an appropriate and a very, very good time. Did you did you just stay in the recliner, but instead of, of having to work the remote, you gave the arm a rest there, so you feel refreshed and ready for the second half of the season? I did stay tuned to most of the ball games I started with. I did not channel surf to any degree. So, yes, I was lazy. I have a confession. I may have lost my Florida State son to another side because he went to his first LSU game this weekend, and we all know what happened uh, at Tiger Stadium uh, against the Gators. Keith, do you recall who won that game? Uh, I am happy to report that it wasn't Florida. Yes, so uh, we'll see. Uh, he, he wanted to wear an LSU shirt to school on Tuesday, so it might be a little touch and go if we don't get the Knowles to start winning some more games here. But we are on a two-game winning streak. Beat the bye week as well. Does that count as two and a half? No, three. Three. Okay, I like the way you think. The Fighting Walt Bells, to use Jeff Cameron's uh, terminology, are coming to town this week. Should we be concerned? Well, he has the grand total of one career victory as a head coach, so let's hope he doesn't double that total. We discussed this last week. Yes, certainly let's hope that. And coming up on the show, we will have our Osceola insider Bob Ferrante join us in a couple of segments. Treshawn Ward from the Florida State uh, football team. Pretty good walk-on to scholarship athlete story, by the way, will join us uh, in our next segment. But yes, let's let's hope we get a W. We make it three in a row, and we're trying to level the record when we go to Clemson. I think we discussed this last week, though, Keith. It would be very nice to, whether we receive, defer, whatever it looks like, get a three and out, get a scoring drive, get another scoring drive, get another scoring drive, and remove all doubt pretty early. Would it not? It would, and and I am somewhat shocked because there have been times in Florida State's history. When they have won consecutive ball games, go into a bye week and then be a heavy, heavy double digit favorite at home for homecoming, I just don't think they intended it to be 2021. Yeah, I don't have concerns about this week, nor should any of us, I don't think. But it would be nice to see a crisp continuation of what happened against North Carolina because that was the most complete football game Florida State's played in some time as we look back, not just in the Mike Norvell era, but really save for the first two drives when they were down 10 zip, they really owned the game after that. So they, they continue to trend in the right direction, but let's just continue to put it together. That's the key. You know, the age old thing that that victory is not important per se, unless you back it up with another one. 
but again, I think the bye week came at a good time. Uh, this is a team that has a number of, uh, you know, you have to play, you have to play hurt. You don't play injured. And uh, a bye week gives you an opportunity to get over some of your hurts. The Carolina game was the first time when we saw what the equivalent of what they expected to be the starting offensive line that was together for 41, 42, 45 snaps. I think somebody reported uh, first time that's happened in a long, long time. And the opportunity to get a little rest and get refocused, uh, it'll be important come Saturday for them to get off to a good start. I mentioned that Treshawn Ward's going to join us. Keith, what do you like about the way he plays football? He keeps his mouth shut and he does his job. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, time out, time out. I could have said that about any subject or anybody, and that's, that, that's what your answer would have been. <laughs> I'm just saying he has every opportunity and every reason to be uh, a little bit boisterous. Arrives at a, as a walk-on, makes the decision to come to Florida State, waits, is patient. And I just I'm reacting to what Coach Dillingham said on Monday when he was asked about it. He said he just goes about his business. He doesn't say very much. And there's nobody that works harder than he does. He, he reminds me in many ways. And by no means am I putting him in the same category yet, nor am I saying he can't achieve it. But he reminds me of Warwick Dunn up one side and down the other. In terms of personality or style on the field? Personality. Both. 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 You know, he's averaging seven, seven and a half yards uh, per carry. He catches the ball. All he does is work. You talk to anybody who knows him. He is all out every play, every practice, every game, and just keeps his mouth shut and doesn't, doesn't say anything and goes about his business in a way that is absolutely admirable. It's not easy Matter of fact, it's tough sledding to go anywhere as a walk-on in football. I mean, it's you would know from your days, I don't know how many walk-ons that, uh, you know, ended up becoming scholarship guys with you, or maybe the numbers were different back then. But, uh, you know, you're treated differently, and all of a sudden you're in the club when the coach announces that you got a scholarship, which is why those videos always go viral, and it's a cool deal when that happens. And it happened for him earlier this year. It did, and it's an absolute testimony to his work ethic, to his um, steadfastness. And again, you, you know, you get an opportunity to be around the team much more than I do. But based on what I've heard and seen, he is very well respected and very well admired for the, what he does on the field and off the field. He's the number one back in the country right now, according to Pro Football Focus and all their metrics, which include not just rushing yardage, but uh, how he handles his pass pro and catch all, you know, whatever the metrics are. That's pretty good for a walk-on. He'll join us next, Sean Ward from the Florida State football team, as we are just getting cranked up. So stay with us. This is Front Row Knowles. Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, Tom and KJ with you, and uh, we're pleased to open up the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency ensuring your future together, and say hello to one of the stars on this year's FSU football team. That is Treshawn Ward, who joins us. Hey, Treshawn, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Before we talk on the field, I'm curious, you grind through the summer and through August and through the first six weeks of the season, and then you get an open week. 
So how did Treshawn Ward spend the open week? Do you relax? Do you watch other teams play? Do you go fish and forget about football with whatever downtime you did have? How did, how did you spend your little time off there? Yeah, Coach Neville um, implemented through the week that even though we have a bye week, we still have to work, come out there and work. And I've seen it as a, another opportunity to get better, you know, do the things that I need to get better with. And I've seen it as an opportunity for us as a team to come together as a whole and, you know, get better as a team and build the chemistry up going up to um, UMass. So I did watch a few other games, you know, but other than that, you know, I took this week as like every other week, like it was game week. Talk a little bit about the opportunities that you're having now, and we'll get to your story. But uh, first of all, when you say you see it as an an opportunity to to get better and to make improvements, uh, I would say you've shown a lot on the field so far. So what is it that you in particular are working on when you're trying to get better? Um. As far as the uh, when I don't have the ball in my hands with pass detection, get better with that. And as far as, you know, when I don't have the ball and we do like an uh, inside zone or something and we fake it and put that pull it and it's this thing we call ball to backer where we have to uh, go block for the quarterback. So the little things like that, pass protection and just uh, working on my eyes, seeing the different blitzes coming through and um, seeing the different type of fronts to know what, where, where each one is going to hit. Treshawn, you had a great high school career. One of the things that jumped out at me that just absolutely astounded me, and Tom, I'm not even sure you're aware of this, but you averaged, you know, eight, eight yards of carry basically in high school. When you get to college, that's supposed to drop off a little bit, Treshawn, but you're still at 7.4 yards per touch. How in the world does that happen at the collegiate level? <laughs> Uh, you know, I give all the credit to my old line, man. They give me good, good holes and run in, you know, they, um, they work their tails off and then we just implement the game plan throughout the week and we just keep pounding the ball and, you know, it's going to eventually break up. So I, I give all the, tip my hat out to the old line, man. They give it, give all my credit to them. Not his first rodeo there, Tommy. He knows yeah. exactly what to say. Hey, you got to take care of those who take <laughs> care of you, right? Trey Sean, you um, know that. <laughs> From a team standpoint, the way the season started obviously wasn't what you guys wanted, but but I, I don't know if turn the corner is the right phrase because you're always working to improve, but how much more confidence or more growth have you seen in the team over the last few weeks, including this uh, the bye week and now as you're getting ready for UMass, just because you've gotten on the winning track? Uh, I've seen a lot of improvement. Like, for example, when we was in um, North Carolina game, when we were down 10 no. I was looking around the sideline. We, I didn't see anybody that had their head now. You know, everybody was encouraging everybody. You know, we got this. We were trying to get each other up. We didn't see it as like a, a downfall. And these two wins that we got, it was it was big for us. It taught us how to win again. And it just put that feeling back in everybody. And everybody was happy um, when we got that win and whatnot. And it was big for us. And we needed that. And this, these two wins ultimately is going to um, help, help us out with our confidence throughout the rest of the season. Treshawn, you talk about doing the little things, blocking, picking up blitzes, doing those types of things. Another thing that you pride yourself in is, is catching the football. Uh, and all the mm-hmm. running backs do a great job in Coach Norvell's and Coach Dillingham's offense. Talk about, uh, you know, running the ball is one thing, catching it is another, and it requires attention and detail, correct? Yes, sir. Who did you, who did you look Four. to uh, – Go ahead. Go ahead, Treshawn. Yeah, I was just going to say uh, catching the football, not only is that going to um, 
it's going to make us look versatile as far as the pro scouts looking at us. You know, we just can't – we're not only just running the ball. We can go receive out the uh, backfield and not only does that make it hard for the defenses, but it just, you know, improves us as an offense to get everybody out there in on their one-on-ones and we just want our one-on-ones. Let's talk about your story, Trey, Sean. I don't know that even the, the most diehard seminal really – was familiar with you until a couple of years ago when you got an opportunity in the Sun Bowl. Uh, but at that time, it was, if, I, if memory serves, I don't know that Florida State had any scholarship running backs available for that game, uh, and, and you got an opportunity. But but you came to FSU as a walk-on is really what I'm driving at. And I know you had other opportunities. So why did you, why did you choose Florida State? And what is a tougher road to come in as a walk-on? Yeah, uh, Florida State had a great success of getting back in the league and I just saw this as an opportunity. You know, I like to work. You know, I, I like the hard work and whatnot. And one of the first things that they were saying when I came in as a walk-on is I was going to have to work for everything I got. You know, if I wanted to play on the field, I was going to have to make them play me. So I just seen it as an opportunity to get better. You know, I didn't – like when I was on the scout team, I didn't see it as like, oh, I'm just, I'm just over here just playing. You know, I'm not getting any type of better. I seen it as an opportunity to get better and get those – guys on the other side of the ball better coming up for the games and whatnot. But um yeah, the walk on it was a it was a tough it was a tough road, you know, you know. But other than that, I, I would never trade it. You know, I I grew I grew a lot as a person and as a player as well. Coach Dillingham mentioned in his press conference on Monday when asked about you that uh you don't say very much, you're kind of quiet but you work real hard and everybody knows it. Uh, and that leading by example is something you take great pride in, I would assume. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not, the, I'm not the type of guy to get in somebody's ear, you know, yell at them, those type of leaders, but I just have to lead by example and all the, all the rest is going to follow, you know, I just try to lead by example to get other guys on the other position groups to work hard as well. And once we get that, once we get that across the air, then everybody, everything's going to come together. I just try to lead by example and help my teammates better and to help the people around me better. I mentioned that you walked on, but I need to point out for our listeners' sake that you've earned a scholarship since you arrived at FSU. Uh, what was that moment like, and, and what kind of relationship do you have with Coach Norvell, given that he was a walk-on in his playing days? The feeling that I got finally knowing that I got on scholarship, it was a it was a real feeling. I called my mom right after it, tell her that I uh, got off of the scholarship, and she was uh, she was just as happy as me to get the uh, weight off her shoulders, you know. And it was just it was just good to see that all my hard work was was being noticed, and with Coach Novell being a walk on himself, and he knew the path that I went through, and he seen the hard work that I was doing, and. He offered me the scholarship, and he just he just told me to keep doing what I was doing. And the relationship that we had ever since that day, it just got stronger. And he started coaching me harder. And, you know, he just being on everybody's butt about um, if you see that you have the potential. And I like that about Coach Novell. He coaches hard, and he truly loves his players. Treshawn, you got a couple of wins uh, under your belt. Talk about the difference in uh, practice and the conversations that you guys are having now as opposed to when those uh, when those victories were hard to come by. Talk about the new confidence that this group has. Yeah, we, this confidence that this team has is different. You know, like t- today we came out with a – we come out there with a purpose to practice. And I believe that was 
that's going to help us as far as this week, you know, going to UMass. We got the confidence to go out there and just not take them lightly and we'll go out there and put the game early. And um, the confidence that two wins was very, was very important. And um, it, just, it just taught us how to win, like I said before. So now you get UMass. Uh, what have you seen on tape for uh, for the game this week? Um, for UMass, they run a lot of three and four down. They like to switch it up a lot. But other teams, they ran the ball pretty hard against them. You know, they gassed them. They didn't really do anything like they didn't do anything special. They just did the basics, and I think that's we should do the same thing. Just keep it basic. We don't really have to do anything special. Just keep the basic and own the ball and run the ball and pass it. What's your relationship with Jay Sean like? Like that's like that's my brother from another mother. Like my brother, like I push him, he pushed me. We see each other to see. We both excited for his like I mentioned before, um, when he scored that long run on against Notre Dame, I almost I was almost got a flag, you know, because I was running on the field, like I was out there with him. I was trying to run down as where he was because I was just so happy for him. But um but our relationship, and it's not just with Jay Sean, this is with anybody in the room. Like we all close, we're all brothers, and we all want to see see each other succeed. What's what's Jordan's presence like in the huddle? And I, I ask this because whenever I see him or, or we see a lot of shots where he's just smiling and kind of grinning from ear to ear, I'm wondering if that's what's, mm-hmm. what he's like in the huddle. And, and if so, how does that uh, relax or kind of calm everybody out regardless of the situation? Yeah, when Jordan's calm, it just keeps everybody else calm. And when he plays his game, you know, he can he can pass it, he can be versatile, he can put it in a run. It just makes every it just makes it harder for defense to you know whether the thing is he's going to pass it or he's going to run it. So it, it creates a it creates a lot of opportunities for us as well. As you can see in the um, UNC game, um, of Terry Wilson, he had a, a long touchdown because of the uh, the play action that we had. And you, you just don't really don't know if we're going to run the ball or pass the ball with Jordan because he's so versatile. All right, Treshawn, here's here's one of your more important questions. Within that running back room, particularly with Corbin, who's the fastest? Who's the fastest? Who's the fastest? Who's uh, going to win that 40-yard race? 40-yard race? See, I like me to 40 yards, but if it's anything longer than that, I'll give it a quarter run. Okay. All right. <laughs> anything hey, past 40 yards, I'll give it a quarter run. <laughs> did I did I hear or read correctly that are you are you trying your hand at returning punts now too? Yes, sir. I'm returning punts now too. All right. So so let so go back to high school. I'm assuming this is something you've done before then, or did you just raise your hand and say, "Hey, I'll get in the mix"? Yes, sir. It was something that I did in high school. Coach Novell came to me um, actually the day before the game in North Carolina. We was eating lunch. He was asking me, um, did I re- do I know how to return punts? And you know, I told him I uh, return punts in high school, and, and he just told me that this upcoming week that I was gonna be back there and just get some reps. So, yeah, that uh, the punt is the punt part is uh, true. <laughs> well, if you need any help, I would remind our listeners. I would inform you that 42 years ago, because I'm old, Treshawn. 42 years ago, when I was a sophomore, I returned punts for Florida State. So if you need some tips, I can tell you what not to do. (laughs) (laughs) Got you. 
it, it'll be a short lecture is what he's saying. Treshawn, we'll let you get going, but con- congratulations on the success uh, on the field, but, but also your individual success story, because it is not the, the easy way to, to sign up to be a walk-on and uh, you know, congratulations. Uh, you earned the respect of your teammates and, and you earned a scholarship and we look forward to watching you uh, the rest of this year and the rest of your career. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You bet. That is uh, Treshawn Ward from the Florida State football team. We'll come back with more Front Row Knowles right after this. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. We are back on Front Row Knowles. Tom Block, Keith Jones, pleased to keep that Earl Bacon Agency hotline open or reopen it, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. We say hello to our good friend from the Osceola, Bob Ferrante. Hello, good friend from the Osceola, Bob Ferrante. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, how, how are my good friends doing after a bye week? We, we feeling good? We are we're rested. We're rested. We're, we're uh, pampered. We're excited. Uh, and we're ready to go. And with an early kick this week, Bob, I mean, we will, the remote will, you know, the arm will be rested and ready to flip channels and watch some other football this weekend. Hey, we just had uh, Treshawn Ward on. What's, what's your, your thoughts here? It's a good story. Give us a Treshawn Ward anecdote, tidbit, something from the Ferrante files. I think I may have just coined something, the Ferrante files. <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to take that over now and use it on the Osceola. Yeah, you should. I, I think I, I, Kenny Dillingham had a good quote on, on Monday. I, I don't know if uh, if you all saw it, but you know Dillingham basically said that Treshawn Moore is a guy you have to tell to kind of slow down and not be so competitive that he's going to block a guy into a water cooler in practice. And and he likes how competitive he is, but sometimes you have to tell him, okay, you've done your job, you've blocked the guy off the field, good job. But Treshawn's story is just phenomenal. The kid bet on himself and and rolled the dice, and it, it has just come through fabulously for him. And, and honestly, where would Florida State be without a guy like Treshawn right now on this team? He's been a really valuable part of, of what they've tried to do here in the running game. And he's been a complete valuable part. Uh, we've been talking about this. Runs the ball well. Uh, I mentioned to him uh, he didn't quite bite on it. He's not that good with my sense of humor yet, but you know, he averaged about eight yards a carry in high school, which is good for a high school athlete, but you normally don't do that in college. He's at a little over seven in college and he catches the ball. Well, I mean, he is a complete player as a walk-on now awarded a scholarship and a redshirt freshman. Yeah. I enjoy watching him play and, and he's, he's not the biggest guy. I know we we've all kind of leaned back to the running backs come in all shapes and sizes and, and it doesn't matter. You can be little like a, like a work done size and be really effective. Uh, Treshawn just, it, it seems like he gets a lot of good energy out of his legs. He's really pushing hard, very physical. I, I absolutely just love that run that he had late in the Carolina game. Um, you know, again, the coaches got on him for, for going out of bounds. But on that, on that last play where he just had to get the first down, not sure how many tackles he broke to get the 10 yards, but it, it just kind of showed his, his desire, his want. And, and that's what, that's what these running backs just need to show is, you know, there aren't going to be big holes with this offensive line, with this offensive line at times there will, but you've got to make plays. You've got to break some tackles and, and fight moving forward. 
Uh, I think we're seeing that with these guys. They are just willing to fight for every single yard that they, that they can come up with. I'm going to bring up recruiting real quick, Bob. So I feel like I need to give the front row Knowles disclaimer, which is Keith and I both acknowledge that it's better to have more good players than not. And certainly more good players than the other team that said, and we know you covered at the Osceola, we don't pay it that much attention until we see somebody who actually shows up on campus and we see him on game day. And then we might buy into the hype. So all that said, Treshawn Ward, you use the phrase, he bet on himself. It is to me, it's almost the polar opposite. And I don't know any of the kids that are committed right now, but we go on recruit watch every week based on how Florida state played to see, is this kid going to flip? Is he still going to come? And at some point, you want the guys who are committed to FSU regardless of what happened this past Saturday. And, and Trayshawn is that, I mean, he turned down free college to come to FSU and now he's getting it paid for. And that wasn't an easy decision for him. I mean, his family needed the dollars or needed not to pay tuition. Yeah. I talked with his high school coach, I think back in September and, and Trayshawn had, you know, he, he was going to go to Maryland and, and he was going to stick with Maryland despite some of the issues with the coaching staff and, and, and the unfortunate circumstances with one of their players dying on the field. But, you know, I think Treshawn was really committed to, he thought there were opportunities out there. He liked Florida state. He thought he could play at Florida state decided he was all in. And, and really it was, it was his high school coaching staff that got in touch with, you know, David Kelly. And, and they knew some folks at the Florida state staff and her coach Taggart and, and the walk on deal. It, it felt like it made sense because, you know, Treshawn could do bright futures and, and it would kind of offset some of the expenses to make it work, you know, for his family. And and you have to love it. You have to love that hunger and that attitude. It's the one thing that, you know, we're all going to say the recruiting rankings are flawed. And, and to some extent they are, but you can't measure um, academics, attitude, how much you're willing to work. Um, are you going to make that commitment day in, day out in the film room? on the practice field, it, the, the rankings do the best that they can from a recruiting standpoint to give you kind of a baseline, but it's missing some of that stuff that I think coaches they'll, they'll follow through on, on the recruiting trail. It's going to the high school coach, going to the guidance counselor, the principal, guess just getting to know everything you can about a guy because your spots are limited when you are recruiting, your spots are very limited and you're going to miss. That's just the way recruiting goes but you have to do the best you can to just have the best batting average possible. And, and yeah, sometimes a, a Treshawn Ward just kind of falls right into the mix and you see him on campus and you see him on the practice field and you say, that's a kid who's working hard and he deserves a scholarship. But Bob, you bring up a point that I believe that was not evident in the last couple of three years of Jimbo was not evident under coach Taggart appears to be evident now, and that is that background work, going the extra mile, making the extra call, having the extra meeting, exploring the extra fact to try to make the best decision, uh, measuring that heart, that want to, and that attitude, aside from what the metrics are. I think we have to appreciate the, you know, the (laughs) – the cards you're dealt as Mike Norvell was, was dealt with this pandemic. He couldn't really go out and recruit for a prolonged dead period from what March of 2020 until the end of May, he did everything he could from going out to a youth camp to, to coach up second through eighth graders who 
will be the Florida State prospects four or five years down the road. Um, he, he's gone out, and, and the staff was was very active during the bye week, going from school to school. Coach Norvell said some days two practices, some days a practice and a game. Um, again, it was it's called an evaluation period. You can't talk face to face with prospects, but you can talk face to face to everybody around that prospect. You know, again, from teachers, administrators to coaches, just to gather as much information as possible because. Again, I think to Norvell's point, it, it's about fit. It, he really is looking for the guy that fits within the program and, and to the prospect who's willing to buy into to a rebuild. And, and we can all debate what stage of the rebuild is Florida State in, but these guys can see that playing time is, is available to them early if they're willing to work hard. And I think that's, that's the best selling point, but it's a selling point to a certain recruit too. It's not to a kid who wants to go to Alabama and is looking to win national titles. It's, it's a kid who's willing to work hard and be developed and, and get a degree and then be prepared for life. Hey, we don't need to deliberate this deeply right now. And I didn't plan on turning this into a Treshawn Ward show. We'll have to send this to the family for sure. But in my head, I'm thinking through walk-ons, and obviously it'd be pretty tough to top Andre Wadsworth, who I think was the third overall pick, but Shevin Smith was in there, Errol McCorvey back in the day. There has to be a lot more more recently, but he's a pretty young back who's going to get a lot of playing time over the next couple of years. He's got a chance to be on a pretty short list of, of best walk-ons at FSU, doesn't he? Or am I just leaving a bunch of guys out that aren't coming through my head right now? Those are the prominent names that are coming to my head, too. I think, and I can't remember exactly what Andre's story was. I believe he was undersized and, and at a very small Miami high school. Maybe it was a Miami Christian school. But Chuck Amato went down there and took a shot on, on Andre, had heard about him because, you know, again, this is one of the great stories about Coach Bowden. The assistant coaches had territories and went to literally every high school. So they are uncovering every rock at every school to make sure they're not missing a prospect. And, and one day, you know, coach Amato calls around and says, Hey, do you have anybody I'm, I'm going to be in the area? And the coach says, Hey, you know, I, I might have somebody he's young and he's a little small, but he, he's got, he's got a chance. And I think that's, that's, what's really cool about the history of Florida state recruiting is yes, it's all about the the five stars and who coach Bowden won over, but it's also about, they found some guys who were just way under the radar and, and those players developed um, into a different position than they played in high school, frankly, and, and they developed into something really special. And the key word there is that D word developed and were developed and, and development. And again, rehashing things our listeners already know, that's what's been missing from this Florida state program for a few years is taking those lesser thans, and making them better thans during their time at FSU. And I, I think it's fun to kind of watch. I, I wish fans had a chance to kind of maybe watch assistant coaches do that development firsthand in practice. It, it's kind of hard because of the limitations. You know, they don't want us to maybe film certain things during practices, but it, it's neat to hear and see how hands-on a lot of these coaches are. You know, we're, maybe sometimes standing in the, in the baseball concourse and Alex Atkins is there with the offensive line. And it is so deeply technical offensive line play things that I will never understand about it. And I'll keep asking Mark Salva and Pat Burnham 
what about this and what about that? And, and they're just saying, you know, Coach Atkins is a guy who's doing it right. It's so detailed in the leverage points and, again, things that I'll never be able to understand and explain. But development is so huge right now for this program, and, and he's, you know, Coach Norvell has the right guys doing it. Well, not to turn this into the Kenny Dillingham love fest here since we already gave him credit, but he had a great quote. Uh, I don't know if it was this week or last, but basically said, hey, we, you know, we're well compensated to do what we do. But if you're not in this game as a coach to see the look on your players faces when they have success, then you're in the wrong profession. Again, that's paraphrasing. But, you know, when you see how excited the team is after a win and knowing they took a step forward, you can totally relate to what he's saying, which is what you the point you were just making about the development and, and the work that goes in there. And I, I think they've been through enough, you know, negative or down moments where they've tried to say, hey, you know, keep pushing, keep working, keep growing. It's going to happen. And they needed some really positive moments to to kind of reinforce that to guys. And again, they can, they can celebrate that now. They can show, you know, your, your hard work is paying off. It's, um, I, I think Kenny Dillingham is probably one of the most blunt assistant coaches we've seen of late because he, he's kind of constantly coming up with, with sayings and things. And, you know, he, he says things like there's no secret sauce and it's all about hard work. It kind of reiterates what Coach Norvell says. But I think that's that's a good thing. It's it's just an appreciation of you've got to go out there every day and just put in the time and you'll get it. And and I think this this coaching staff has had that patience, maybe than they expect, because you probably thought it was going to happen earlier. But with the COVID year, you were just so behind from strength and conditioning. You had to just be patient and keep pushing and pushing and know it was going to happen. And I do think I do think they're appreciating it now just because it, it was so dark and difficult for so long. And, and frankly, the us and the media and, and the fans were wondering, is it going to happen? Um, you know, Jacksonville state and all that mess. And you have to almost kind of go through the nightmare to just appreciate how far you've come and, and, and the results are, are now being shown. Guys, I look at Dillingham and I'm reminded of a very, very, very well-known successful assistant coach at Florida State that will remain nameless, who when talking about himself said, and I quote, listen, fellas, I am not intelligent enough to be sophisticated. <laughs> I won't even take a guess, but that sounds like a few, uh, few of Coach Bowden's assistants through the years. Exactly. Bob, we, we need to wrap up, but a couple of quick hitters here. So after Florida State gets the big lead that we all want to see, offense hums along, scores on five straight possessions, and, and we give Jordan a rest. Who comes in next at quarterback, Milton or Chubba? I, I think it, it should be Chubba, honestly. It should be Chubba. He needs to get the reps. He needs to get the reps with the first-team offensive line, receivers, running backs, and not, not the full group of backups. That's going to be what's fun to watch on Saturday is can this team take care of business early and then let the, the true freshman and redshirt freshman kind of take over from there and, and get their day to, to enjoy it. Bob Ferrante is our Osceola insider. Go online, subscribe. Uh, and what did I call it? I already forgot the catchphrase I came up with. The Ferrante files. I expect to see that in the Osceola next week. Okay. Tell Jerry. Residuals on the way. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'll, I'll put out both hands to, for those residuals, Bob. Much appreciated. And, and it'll be followed up by the block bonehead of comments. Yes. The, BB, the BBC. Yes, exactly. All right, we'll take a break. More Front Row Knowles after this. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Thanks to Bob Ferrante, as always, for joining us. Keith Jones, a few minutes to finish up. Let's talk a little defense. What to you is the biggest reason that Florida State's defense has looked better the last couple of weeks? Confidence. They finally started making some plays. They finally started buying in because they saw it working. Uh, I, I was hesitant to say this, but you'll, you'll experience this with your son and, and maybe even with your daughter, but when they, when they, when my son in particular, when Garrett, my middle child got into the teenage years, got into 16 and 17 and 18 years of age, I immediately became stupid. I did not know what I was talking about. And and he looked at me like I had three heads. He got into college. He started getting some life lessons. Some of the things I had told him that were going to happen started happening. And all of a sudden, when he turned about 21, I became brilliant again. You know, I was brilliant when he was five. I became brilliant again when he was 21. The light comes on. What the coaches are saying, you see that it works, and all of a sudden it works, and you believe it, and you buy in, and you take off from there. Are you still brilliant, or are you senile now? I've moved to senile, but that has to do with age, not with intelligence. Okay, I was just checking. Uh, I'll get with Garrett, and we'll see. we'll see if he corroborates that story. Yeah, you can see him playing with more confidence. And I think that goes back to Keith, the running theme for four years that we've had. And it's that going out there afraid to make a mistake instead of ready to make a play. I know we beat that through our listeners' eardrums about every other week, but it's a it's a 180-degree difference over I can't screw this up versus I'm going to go make sure I win this play. And so we saw, you know, now they're not going to continue to – they're not going to become the defense we want overnight and they need to turn over personnel but it makes a big difference it's all we've talked about it's all and our listeners get tired of us saying it but it's all the from above the shoulders it's all about a mindset it's all about a thought process you know the as we said the one thing you can absolutely control is your effort and if you continue to put in the work you continue to put in the effort the results will follow and they're starting to see that. And once those results start raising up and, and being evident, it just redoubles and triples your resolve to put in the work. And it becomes, a, instead of a vicious downward cycle, it becomes a very explosive upward momentum type of thing. Keith, we must be in midseason form because I'm going to shift sports real quick unless there's anything else you want to add to the football conversation. Move along. Leonard Hamilton's Knowles. I'm sorry, Coach Ham. I do this to you. All the media does this to you routinely until we're all in on basketball season. But the preseason picks are out, and FSU was picked second in the ACC and 20th in the AP poll, I think, this week, Keith. So from where we were, at least Florida State now, even though they've shuffled the deck significantly, is getting some respect. And people are saying, you know what? I don't know anything about the guys he's got there. 
but I've said that about seven years in a row. So I'm just going to go ahead and vote him in the top 25 and vote him second in the league. We're going to, others are buying into the fact we're going to continue to tout the fact that you need to believe in the program and what Leonard and his staff has built and the, the players will be appropriate and they'll find a way to develop them and get the best out of them. But it's all about the program and then the results will take care of itself. And that's what Leonard and his staff has built. Duke picked to win it, then FSU, then Carolina, and then Virginia. I don't know how long we can keep calling them new bloods because they're hanging out with the blue bloods in there, but whatever works. And, oh, by the way, after Kay bows out following this year, that would make Coach Ham the uh, the senior member of the of the coaching fraternity. The elder the statesman. The elder, the elder statesman. statesman. Yes, that's a much better – although he still uh, – if you lined them all up and you didn't know anything about them and guessed their ages – You'd put him in middle of the pack. You would not guess that he's the oldest of that group. Tommy, he, he, he obviously looks younger than me. I think he looks younger than you. Well, that's not saying a whole lot because I look old too, and I'm well aware of that. But, yes, he does. He does. All right, so congrats to, uh, to Leonard's troops. Look forward to seeing them play uh, as we get the balls rolled out and, and we, we start playing some basketball here. Game is high noon on Saturday, FSU and UMass. We will be here to break it down after the game and then again next Wednesday. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, folks. We do appreciate it. He is Keith. I am Tom. This is Front Row Knowles.